incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of the latest PS5. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera, and as always, I'm joined by my Tekken bitch himself, Alex Sylvester. How are you doing? <laughs> I like the way you just threw that in there. Don't worry, I'll get you back for that. But welcome, listeners. Welcome to the show. I hope what? everybody had a good, happy new year and uh, wish you all the best and success for this year. Anyway, let's go on some games, mate. Well, speaking of games, we can add to that now because there's Mortal yeah. Kombat 11 to add to that list of my uh, accomplishments over you now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, right. it was awesome. That's awesome. But I guess we could just roll into that in a little bit. <laughs> well, listeners, I want you to know uh, when Alex does talk about that, uh, I have on video the cleanest kill you will ever see. And I do plan <laughs> to share that with you, the community. Uh, but we'll get into that at another time. Um, so we're here, episode 32. We've got loads of news to get through with you. We know we're a bit late with this episode. We did have one ready for the beginning of the week. It was very light on the news. Thank God we got delayed because so much news has come out. We've got a lot to get through today with the PS5 news. But before we get into that, Alex, um, not much for me. I finished Demon Souls. Woo! Thank Ooh, you. Congratulations, finally. After dying 4,962 times. Oh, come on. It was only 4,858 <laughs> times, you know. But it was oh, a, a tough right. game. Tough. But I enjoyed it thoroughly. Visually stunning. That's why I played the game, just because of the graphics. Yeah. But the, the game gripped me um, really, really good. I'm happy it finished. I was even yeah. happier to delete it off the PS5 <laughs> once it was done. I was like, you can fuck <laughs> right off. The relief. <laughs> it was. There, it. <laughs> the, I was just like, thank God. Thank God. Um, yeah, so finished Demon's Souls, played Football Manager on my phone, also playing Planet Coaster, about to start Devil May Cry 5 on the PS5, playing a bit of Pez Online. What about yourself? What have you been playing? Oh, well, I've been playing a slew of games, uh, thanks to my uh, Tekken PS5 enthusiast. Uh, well, okay, then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I went over to Sonny's house a couple of days ago, and uh, we had an onslaught of PS5 games, and it was just intense <laughs> seriously intense start off with Dirt 5 wait wait before, uh, you, before you carry on listeners if you want to yeah. picture this okay Alex is sitting in a room with a 55 inch LG OLED um, CX screen in front of probably about 2 metres away from him in yeah. pitch black room with ambient lighting behind the TV and he's got the 3D audio headset on and yeah. he's got whiskey uh, we we didn't go JD this time. We went Hague, so we went with the Hague Club. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whiskey Good entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we wanted to mix it up a little bit. Uh, and for everyone asking, we had it with Pepsi. Sorry, uh, Pepsi <laughs> over Coke when it comes to mixers. But yeah, so he was sitting in a nice dark room, fifty-five inch, two yeah. meters apart, ambient lighting, three D headset. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, social distancing, of course. You know, be responsible. So uh, basically, yeah, Smack started off with a bit of Dirt Five. Uh, I guess it's the, the fifth instalment of the popular racing franchise. Uh, and what can I say? It's it's just an amazing looking game. Um, it, the way it feels as well is crazy with the actual uh, dual sense. Um, the visuals, I just, uh, I gotta go jump back onto the visuals. The mod alone, 
just blows your mind. I mean, it is not uh, anything that you've seen before. It's all uh, it's all full of imperfections, and that's what makes it more real. Um, not to mention the the lighting effects, which bounce off the the metals of the cars, and that's just nothing compared to the actual racing of the games, the controls that you have when you just jump into. I don't know what vehicle I was in. It was like, <laughs> it was like an off-road Skoda, and I did not realize that Skodas, especially an off-road Skoda, could move that fast, especially through all that dirt. Uh, actually, no, the Skoda was on the ice track. It was. Um, but yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's just a beautiful game. You do manage to get your get get your hands on it. Uh, you're gonna have the best of times. Uh, we played it in uh, two different rates. We played it first with the 60 frames per second, which looked absolutely gorgeous, uh, full of ray tracing ability. It was it was just it would make your eyes water. You know, I mean, you're happy to be a gamer. Uh, and then we we upgraded it, didn't we? We upgraded it to the uh, 120 FPS. The, uh, the 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 holy grail, <laughs> mm, the higher frame rate mode. Yeah, that was crazy. Your your face, your face. Dude, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe my own eyes. I mean, I'm looking at it and thinking, how is this even possible? Especially on a TV that looks this gorgeous. You know what I mean? Everything's intense anyway. But seeing it at 120 frames per second, I mean, geez, ladies and gentlemen, it's a sight to behold. So definitely, it's a game which I'll definitely definitely recommend uh, playing both 60 and 120 frames per second. And you're going to have a whale of a time. And the game itself, the controls are amazing. Uh, they've got the uh, the resistor triggers as well, so that all works. Obviously, the haptic feedback goes down a tree. So, uh, and that was only the first game. Jeez, we got to go through this. Really How quickly. was the sound in Dirt Five? <laughs> the sound, okay, oh yeah. So obviously, um, back to body uh, Tempest audio, the 3D audio. Uh, it just put you in the seat you put you in the cockpit i mean you were in the driver's seat and no matter what view that you went through uh you can hear all the sounds you can hear the 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 clinks of the metals you can hear the gears changing you can hear the the, the tire meeting the mud or whether it's meeting the ice and everything sounded on point i mean five stars from sony from uh you know getting the sound on point definitely and it just really gave you that level of immersion but yeah i love it dirt five out of five Five stars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably the best racing dirt, especially off-road racing game that I played since Monster. You know, so and that was crazy. Wow. And that's sort of, you know back. I know that was way back when, but you know that was a that was a sight to behold back then. That's for the PlayStation Three. But this, oh my gosh, leaps and bounds. Moving over to Little Nightmares Two. Uh, that was just a demo, but I'm still having nightmares about this game. I don't know what to. I don't know how to digest it. It's a 2D, well not 2D. It's a side-scrolling platformer uh, brought to us by Bandai Namco, and it's. Um, it's a very eerie... Uh, basically, you start in the middle of the woods and you play a character who has a box on his head. Uh, and if that's not enough to make you think, what the hell is going on? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to get any more clues when you start playing the game. Um, it's, it's, it's got a really eerie tone. I mean, they've done really well with the colours and just creating that atmosphere of just bewilderment, just trying to find out why the hell you're in the middle of the woods. Um, and the controls are very slow. But the sounds are very ambient, and it really does create this atmosphere, which is very eerie. Um, towards the end of the demo, you end up going to some crazy house in the middle of the woods. And uh, to be honest, I'd, I I was still freaked out about it. I don't know what to say about it. Mate. I don't know why you put that on. It's a, it's, a, it's a unique game. You know, uh, a few is. years ago, Little Nightmares came out. I played it, clocked it. Amazing game. So the demo came out that day you came over. So I was like, right. I want to play it, uh, and I'll introduce you to it. I, I, want, I thought you'd already played it, but it was your younger brother, Gavin, who had played the game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's a great game, and I keep telling you to get it, but it's so overpriced on the Switch, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a unique experience. I'd say 2.5D. 
Um, yeah, yeah, but it's really good. It's really weird. It's very eerie. Definitely not for kids, even though on the surface of it, it does look quite innocent, but it's got like a little twist about it. Uh, but definitely a game I will eventually pick up on the Switch when it goes on sale. Obviously, that $20 price tag is a bit too high, especially for a demo. Yeah, for a five-hour game, as you were saying, right? Uh, but yeah, I'm, even though I'm slightly scared about it, I'm actually quite curious to see how it ends. It's kind of got that um, insidious vibe to it. <laughs> oh, dude! It seriously, it's, it's it's such a great it's a great yeah. uh, it's a unique experience. Is the best way to put it. It's a really really yeah. good game, a solid platformer, but yeah. it just it grabs you. You kind of want to know what's happening. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely recommend Little Nightmares to you listeners if you haven't played it on PSN. It's called Little Nightmares. The demo for Little Nightmares Two is also available now as well. Great experience. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just jumping on to FIFA 21, as is uh, just the PS5 edition of it. It looked great. It ran well. Uh, is it as good as Pez? No. Yeah. I leave for you. <laughs> okay, there's, there's a review right there. Uh, but you, you, know, you know what to expect with FIFA. Uh, we jumped on to Sackboy. Uh, now, Sackboy is interesting. It has a nice little um, 3D platformer. Obviously, you can see the inspiration from big games like Mario, even Astro's Playroom. And uh, it's a great... Uh, it is a plate level design. I mean, you've got some really good time challenges as well. The visuals look brilliant. Um, the sound is also a nice welcome surprise. I mean, you've even got the likes of Bruno Mars and Uptown Funk uh, being played in rhythm to how you play the game. So it doesn't get to the next lyric until you've actually got to a certain part of the, um, the level or you jumped onto a certain platform. Uh, and then it's all, uh, you know, you're breathing a whole lot of fanfare when you get past certain checkpoints. Uh, but definitely it's a good uh, all-around game, good all-rounder platformer, uh, one to play by yourself. How was the uh, uh, controller on that? Because that was what I was really excited about you feeling on Sackboy was the controller. Yeah, the controller. I mean, obviously it's one of it's one of Sony's babies, isn't it? So basically they've gone to town with the haptic feedback and the, uh, and the resistive triggers as well. And it's, it's, it's a nice combination. It's just, it's something different to Astro's Playroom, which to me is, I can't wait to jump to, onto it anyway, but it's, it's a nice counterbalance to it and i i'm liking what sony's doing with um how they're utilizing uh, the dual sense and how they're making it into a major staple of the of the actual system as well and hopefully it's just not a gimmick that they just throw away and with these two games uh sackboy and astro's playroom not to mention the call of duties it looks like it's going to be a feature which is here to stay um but yeah the controls are great uh we smashed some times i think i smashed your time almost didn't i <laughs> on one of the, uh, hmm. the time levels uh but anyway Definitely a great game. Uh, then quickly we jumped over to uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, uh, which uh, obviously is the 11th installment of the Mortal Kombat franchise. Uh, you probably heard me talk about it before because I played it on the Switch, clocked it to death, and that was quite a while ago. But this Ultimate Edition uh, is including uh, Aftermath as well, uh, and the upgraded PS5 visuals on this just looks great. I mean, it's the Mortal Kombat that we've come to know and love. Uh, you've got the great x-ray moves and punches that you get. Uh, everything looks gruesome. It's definitely not for kids. It's definitely uh, for you gore porn fans out there. Uh, it would definitely satisfy your, um, your taste buds. Um, but yeah, visually it looks great. Um, the controls were very responsive. And uh, I did unfortunately get hit by a, a unexpected brutality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I'm sure Sonny would be uh, happy to go into detail about that. Or you might be able to catch it on one of our all of our networks when it's been shared. Um, but yeah, definitely more Combat 11. If you haven't had, have had a chance to play on it, I'm sure it's on sale right now, so definitely make some time for it. Um, uh, Astro's Playroom, as we talked about numerous times on the show, to be honest, is my 
game of the year, as we spoke about in the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, and without a doubt, it should be up there for game of the year next year, a mm. game award. Definitely. <clears throat> the uh, the nostalgia tip was brilliant. Um, the fact that you're actually able to see all of uh, Sony's achievements in terms of the console space anyway, uh, from everything from the PlayStation 1 and even all the peripherals you're able to collect as you progress with the game. Uh, you can actually look at them in real detail as well, which is quite fascinating. Uh, but the game itself, oh my gosh, I think we went to this uh, beach level and you're running around on the sand and the combination of what you're seeing, I mean, the high fidelity visuals, um, everything looks gorgeous. Uh, it looks like a beach uh, down to the controller itself. You know what I mean? The sound as well. Obviously, I can't you know, forget about the sound. It, it feels like you're there, just like listening. Even if you're not even moving around, it feels like you're on a beach. But as soon as you start walking, the pad reacts differently. You know, it feels like you're walking on grains of sand, you know, and that's, that's the beauty about the DualSense haptic feedback. Um, it's yeah, it's it's definitely a feeling to behold, definitely. And com- combined with the actual speakers on the dual sense itself, it really immerses you into thinking that you're actually walking on sand, <laughs> you know, which is a weird experience. And uh, when uh, well, I guess when the majority of everyone was uh, when the majority of everyone is able to get the PlayStation Five, uh, it's it's definitely a great game to be uh, pre-installed onto the system, so everyone's going to get a chance to uh, get their hands on it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but basically the way they simulate the sand, uh, the way they simulate uh, you walking on ice as well is just brilliant. You know what I mean? This is like mm. the best use of haptic feedbacks that I've ever seen. And I think the combination of the sounds, uh, obviously the 3D audio, the Tempest audio as well, it really immerses you into the game. And it seems like, you know, it, it seems almost effortless, but um, it's a lot of fun. Atlas um, <clears throat> Playroom, definitely get your hands on it. Uh, moving on, uh, I've played uh, one of Tony's, um, uh, not Femme Fatales, but pretty much one of Game of the Year <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> which is you know, most of your time, uh, Planet Coaster. Uh, well, basically, I didn't really get a chance to play, but I saw you play, which is pretty good. Um, and definitely for um, all you um, game manager type fans, you know, from Game Dev Titans, Football Manager, uh, it's the same, but, you know, for a roller cup for a theme park. I mean, it's just crazy the way you're able to create some of the, the craziest designed roller coasters that you'll ever see and you actually get to sample all of them and you even get to see i like the way they break down the stats as well for uh, excitement uh, nausea and i believe there was another one as well um which escapes me but anyway uh, it's a lot of fun and you could definitely soak so many hours into it and you just it's just addictive mm. um, and then um finally um uh, demon souls the list <clears throat> demon souls yes the first true playstation 5 exclusive and uh, the one word to describe this game is gorgeous this game is absolutely flawlessly gorgeous you know i mean as soon as you've chosen your uh, your character your um you're, you're pretty much in your your unite suit you know you got your, all your armor on there you can see the light the ray tracing just refracting off every aspect of the the armor whether it's the mesh um, you know, undergarments that you're wearing, down to the sword, uh, down to the helmet, everything just reacts well to the environment. And you can see when you're going past, um, you know, <clears throat> high beams, you know, from the sun, or there's um, light reflecting off um, fire, like a flame or anything like that, it just looks great. It reacts brilliantly, not to mention the, the water, the way uh, little puddles uh, react when you step into it. Or they've gone into some serious detail um, with this game. Uh, and that's before you start um, 
hacking and slashing away at all these bloody demons that you're trying to collect all these souls from. And uh, it starts off easy, you know, they, they come at you, you think, okay, I've got this, and then there's another one, and then there's another one, and they basically start jumping out at every bloody angle <laughs> to the point mm. where uh, you're thinking, how the hell am I going to destroy, how the hell am I going to clean through all these uh, bad guys? Uh, all the all the time, you start, you're trying to get to the next part of the level, uh, not looking at your health, which is what I was forgetting to do, uh, and then, you know, <laughs> you're dead. And you've just managed to claw your way through all these demons. You know, you've got really far. And next thing you know, you're dead. And where does it start you off, ladies and gentlemen? You respawn <laughs> at the <laughs> beginning of the level. Oh, my God. <laughs> that to me is just like, I mean, that brings me back to the old school gaming days, you know, back in like, the, I don't know, the 2D era when they couldn't even, they didn't, there wasn't any checkpoints. You know what I mean? But come on, we're talking next generation. We've got PlayStation 5, the pinnacle of gaming. And you have to start at the beginning. That's the design of the game, though. It's so hard. <laughs> but the replayability, ladies and gentlemen, bloody hell. I mean, you just get addicted because now you want to get get back without being killed. You know, and it's it's really uh, unique the way the game's played. I mean, you can go there hacking and slashing or you can uh, use your cunning and try and slide past as many of the, um, the demons as you can. But there'll always be one to get you. Uh, there's definitely no cheating in this game. Um, but uh, definitely where they haven't cheated the visuals. I mean, there's a part where you actually see the dragon, which would put um, the levels of Game of Thrones, you know, um, <laughs> it will give them a run for their money. <clears throat> I mean, that part where that big dragon just flames the bridge, yeah, in Demon Souls. Oh my God, it's a sight. It just looks, it looks gorgeous. It looks really I good. I think my so, favorite bit with the dragon, it's obviously, yeah. I can't spoil it later in the game, but at the beginning, yeah. When they, if you if you're using the headset, when they're sitting on the cliff, if you run around the side, and yeah. the pad just feels like it can feel the dragon, the sound of the dragon is like to the to the top right of your ear. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you can really, you can almost feel it. You can feel it like just swooshing. You know what I mean? With his massive wings, uh, just above your head, and it's it, they've, they've 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 created that experience where you actually feel that you're actually there. You know, mm. and that's that's brilliant. And the fact is that this is the first, the first um, exclusive. You know, I mean, oh my gosh, it's, it's only it's only going to be up and up. Enough <laughs> games coming in the future. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, experience with um, an intense evening of uh, PlayStation Five games. And what can I say, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't got one yet, you better put your name on a pre-order <laughs> because uh, this thing's bloody amazing. Mm. Really good, uh, but yeah, that was um, yeah. I played a few games, as you can see, just a couple. You know, <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, that was a long one, uh, but oh. it's great because people want to hear experiences with it. And next week, um, Alex is currently playing a game that he cannot talk about, but he will next week uh, when we when the embargo lifts. So obviously, keep your Eyes peeled for next week's episode, when you'll be, which will be episode thirty-three, where Alex will be able to talk to you about a game and which he can't currently talk about, but because it's not out yet. So, with that <laughs> being said, Alex, shall we move on to the news? Let's move on. Let's see. Okay, go. Alex. So, seven items yep. on the news list this week. There's a lot of news. Thank God, because there was only two, and we were stretching for that second one when we were going to record the episode last week. But we've got seven solid bits yep. of news for the listeners this week. So, uh, number one. Sony Interactive Entertainment has discontinued all but one model of the PlayStation 4 in Japan, including the PS4 Pro. Sony have stated that only the 500GB 
Black Slim PS4 will be available to the public once all current stock has been sold. All other models, including the 500GB white, 1TB models and the PS4 Pro models have ceased production, with focus now shifted to the full production of the recently released PS5. This was expected from investors since Sony's last earnings call when Sony CFO Hiroki Totoku said the company is committed to surpassing the sales of PS4 which were last reported at over 114 million consoles worldwide. It's crazy because we spoke about it so many weeks ago even in this back in the summer about how all these big companies are going to struggle for components. And yeah. obviously Sony are looking at it and utilising all manufacturing factories for PlayStation 5, all components that would have gone into PS4, you know, all yeah. the silicon and everything is moving to PS5. They're told AMD, yeah. allow those chips, give us the new ones. Give it to us. It's crazy though, <laughs> isn't it? Because I want to see what, see what the deals are, like, you know, you know, behind closed doors, because obviously uh, Microsoft is also fighting for these uh, chips as well. They've got the, you know, relatively chained chips, that, even though it's all custom, mm. you know, it's all limited resources. I want to know how what are they doing to sway the likes of AMD over to their side? Like, come on, come on. <laughs> well, AMD make our chips. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, I'm you know the way it works for listeners. If you're not sure, so AMD or Nvidia, who made previous chipsets for Microsoft, you know, generations ago. Um, so what happens is Sony will ask for high, high, twenty. Okay, for twenty twenty one financial year 2021 sony will say to amd we need 25 million um components you know uh, various chipsets but we need to be able to make 25 million machines amd will fulfill that contract of 25 if they don't there's penalties in place financial penalties things Mm -hmm. like that so microsoft and um sony would have already cut these contracts for the whole entire generation not just year by year they would have done yeah. it all the way up until the, you know, when they plan to cease production of PlayStation yeah. Five. But the real pressure is AMD because they're the ones that are needing to get the minerals and the chipsets from countries mm-hmm. and things like that to create this. So, you yeah. know, the 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 fight is on. But yeah, I mean, yeah. we're already seeing it. We've got a story <clears throat> later on, but you can already see the component shortage for Microsoft, for Nintendo, for you know, yeah. it's, it's going to get harder and harder, isn't it? It is. It's definitely going to get harder and harder, and it's only going to kind of help with the demand, though. So that's kind of good. But keep the demand levels high because it is still the hottest console on the planet. Everybody wants to get their hands on it. So at least Sony, even though they're sweating buckets, you know, just to try and see if they can actually reach their targets, at least they're kind of, you know, they can be comfortably knowing that they're definitely going to be shifting the units as soon as they come in. So it's a great position to be in. You know, it's and, just a shame that they can't get um, it into the hands of consumers sooner because obviously they'll be making a shitload more money <laughs> as mm. soon as it's in their hands. I'm a little um, bit, I'm a little bit devastated though because like it signals realistically, it's just like okay, so you're kind of cutting the legs off the PS4 because I thought like the PS2, the PS4, the components were already cheap inside. You could yeah. have envisioned. 149 pound model just sitting there in the yeah. background on the market with such a great portfolio of games uh-huh. that you know you get an extra few million a year it would have been great to see where some where the ps4 would have ended up but yes yeah. they are still designing that 500 gigabyte but people don't want that do they you know they want the ps5 yeah. <laughs> they want the ps5 and as well the price the price point as well i mean isn't it on point you know the playstation pro mm. is what 399 at the moment which is pretty much the same price as the uh, PlayStation Digital Edition, you know, so 
it's you know yeah they could either go for a world record breaking uh, console system or they could just throw all their resources into the latest generation the latest and greatest and realistically like you said that most people are going to be going for the playstation 5 it is the console to get uh, mm. but it does beg the question how many consoles you know if, as they're coming to the end of their uh, production now it's going to be discontinued how many consoles are actually out there in the wild now because that's now going to be the final figure the final possible figure that will be uh, Sony's PS4 legacy, right? So, well, well I think it. obviously they've only announced this for Japan, but what they have on the American US store, which I think last month, early December, it came up that no more restock on yeah. PS4 Pro off Sony Direct's website in the US. Okay. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't think you're going to see any more pros because, as you said, the price difference, what's the point? You can get people yeah. onto uh, PlayStation 5 with that, and that's business money, that's a business sense. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still think the PlayStation Four will, in, in its complete and utter lifetime, it will yeah. at maximum one twenty, um, <laughs> least yeah, least one sixteen. <laughs> so you know, great run for it. You know, that came out yeah. at a time when people were like saying console generations are dead, and the PS Four yeah. and the Switch showed no, it isn't. We're going to record break numbers, you know, and uh, it's great. So. Um, yeah, I think maximum it will hit in its lifetime before they they take it fully off the market is one twenty. Okay, yeah, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. First, but you got to remember the one thing that Sony are really good at um, is the longevity of a machine, and that no Sony machine has ever not been supported for more, you know, for ten years. It's always right. a debt. Whereas Microsoft just cut the legs as soon as a new machine comes out. They absolutely. I mean, they've already discontinued the Xbox One X. Um, yeah. The Xbox One, you know, there's only the S model available. They just cut it all out straight off the bat. Whereas Sony, they supported the PlayStation One for years. The PS2 was still being yeah. supported when the PS4 came out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you get those you get those markets like South America, like uh, yeah. the Middle East and Asia, where they're still big. You know, when I in the industry when I went over to Dubai, we were there to you know just to promote the launch of the playstation 4 and just to see yeah. how big the ps2 was there i was like what i was like there wow. was a ps3 but then it's the, <laughs> you know but it's just crazy and yeah. you know i mean sony don't make any more playstation vitas but the vita still has so many games oh. coming out for it because oh. people are still buying these games um yeah. you know it is a legacy machine but people hold on to these stuff and 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 that scene is big, so yeah, I think yeah. it will go for a while, and we won't see the end of the PS4 until we're into this, until after the PS5 Pro is out. <laughs> after the PS5 Pro, there'll still be, but yeah, I mean, I guess that does raise the question. You know, what I mean, how does Sony decide whether to go cross gen or you know focus purely on the PS5 uh, for upcoming X well, well staple holder games? You know, we're looking at uh, we've got Horizon Zero Dawn and um, uh, Forbidden West. Uh, we've got obviously the likes of God of War too. Um, where's it go? You know, I mean, about 140 mm. million potential, um, uh, per, you know, uh, 440 million people to pick it up, or we're we going to go for more than 20 conservative number, you know, on the PlayStation think, 5, which is going to be yeah. around 20 million. It's, it's going to be a toss up for them, isn't it? I think the, the good thing about Sony is, and you hear it from a lot of the developers, is they pretty much allow the first party to kind of do what they want as long as it makes business sense. And everything would make business sense to be cross-gen. But, I mean, we're already not even into the first year of PS5 and two first-party studios, well, one first-party studio and one second-party studio are releasing games that aren't coming to PS4, which is Ratchet & Clank and Returnal. 
you know, yeah. and then you've also got Gran Turismo 7, which isn't coming to PS4, yeah. you know, there's some, they are shifting it slowly. I think Sony are yeah. looking at it in a sense of, yeah, but Horizon is like a almost a 20 million seller, so we kind of want yeah. that as, yeah. as many yeah. places yeah. as possible. And yeah. you just look at it from a sense of Horizon would have started development on PlayStation 4, so yeah. you're not going to kill those assets that you've already spent millions on, you know, you might as well just finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And I guess they're going to be like evergreen titles anyway, even if they do decide to go on mm. just strictly for the next gen. So, yeah, Ratchet and Clank, definitely. I mean, they don't have to work on a sequel for that for a long time, and especially for um, the first half of this generation anyway. Mm. Um, but, yeah. yeah man. Well, speaking probably... of developers, Alex, number two on our news oh, list. Yeah. Feather in the cap, Sony first-party developer Naughty Dog have officially gone on record and announced the development of a new project. Oh, snap. <laughs> Unfortunately, and there goes my snap, there goes the snap. Unfortunately, this was not a game teaser trailer or any concept art. It was the, the announcement was made via a large number of job opportunities listed on the developers' various social and career channels. The 34 job listings are mainly leaning towards graphics and cinematic job posts, with other areas also required. Uh, new Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann, who was also the director of The Last of Us Part Two, he tweeted a picture detailing the vacancies, but also added at the top of it, come work with us, we're making something very cool. Naughty Dog have come off another stellar launch with The Last of Us Part Two, which picked up over 70 Game of the Year awards and others. Alex. Wow. New IP or The Last of Us 3? Oh, that is the toss-up. I mean, up to Last of Us did phenomenally well. You know what I mean? It's like one game the year. It's so great, even though they had a little bit of hiccup, you know, towards the end of the launch or during uh, the launch, but it sold great, you know, so it only makes financial sense for them to, you know, release the sequel. You know, that that makes sense. But mm. um, like you said, a brand new IP. I mean, you got brand new hardware. You know what I mean? Maybe you just want to just, you know, dust your shoulders off and just think, okay, let's, we've done, we've done, um, uh, you know, Uncharted, we've done Last of Us. Let's just leave that to the side now. Let's just see what what craziness we can get up to with a brand new system and have all this raw power at our fingertips. I mean, they've managed to do some phenomenal feats with the tech that they've had before. Mm. You know, I mean, even from like PlayStation 3 and 4, you know what I mean? They're, they, they're, they've got some wizards to be on, the, on their camp. So it's just going to be crazy to think what they could potentially come up with um, for for the next generation. I mean, in terms of cinematics, yeah, Naughty Dog's going down to a T. You know, everybody's looking at Naughty Dog to see how they do things, you know what I mean, how they make their set pieces, especially the action part. Mm. Yeah, so I'm curious. I'd like to see a new IP. I think, yeah, I think it's time. What about you? Well... The one thing that people seem to forget is Factions. So Factions was the multiplayer aspect of the original Last of Us, which was huge. It was amazing. It took multiplayer to a whole new level in terms of immersion and storytelling as well. And this was online multiplayer, but it was so good. And it obviously became so big for The Last of Us Part 2 that they had to take it out. And they said it's going to be a game in itself. Now, I still think they're going to release a PS5 remastered version of The Last of Us 2 and chuck Factions in there. To Ooh. you know, I think, um, and then obviously, if you already have The Last of Us um, Part Two on PS4, you get factions for free. But um, so they're still developing for that. But it's interesting. You you got to go back and look at Naughty Dog. You know, they've released. I mean, obviously, on PlayStation One, it was Crash Bandicoot. You know, they did really really yeah. well with that. And then PlayStation Two was Jack and Daxter. 
And then we moved yeah. to PlayStation 3, and then it was obviously Uncharted 1, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3. And then yeah. you had um, The Last of Us, which came out at the end of the generation. So then obviously moving to PlayStation 4, all the assumption was, is that, oh, that you know, what are they going to do now? And then they did the Nathan Drake collection, which obviously is, gives them an opportunity to open themselves up and get used to the hardware. And then yeah. came Uncharted 4, and then came The Last of Us Part 2. So, yeah, I mean... The rumours are that, obviously, Sony, these are just rumours, um, like, doubled in size, Sony San Diego, and that they're working on a spin-off Uncharted game. Um, that's just a rumour at the moment. So I don't think Naughty Dog will go back to Uncharted. The way they finished Uncharted right. 4, it was the perfect way to end it. You don't go yeah. back to that. The Last of Us Part 2, there's going to be a 3. It's too big. You do not, <laughs> you know, you, you find... When the original Last of Us came out, all critics and everyone said, don't do it, you'll ruin it, you'll ruin it, you'll destroy it. And then Naughty Dog came out and did a Terminator 2. And critics loved it even more. And now they're saying the same thing. Don't do a 3, yeah. don't do a 3. But we say it, but we want it. You know, we always we want, want it. it. Yeah. We want it. We, we didn't want a Matrix. We, did, yeah, yeah. we didn't want a Matrix 4, but we want it. But that's just to fix what happened in 2 and 3. But, you know... <laughs> It's it's what happens, right? Um, and then we didn't want a John Wick two, but look what we got. We got John Wick three, which was even better, you know. Yeah. So it's it, you get these things. Um, personally, I would love for them to make a new IP uh, and yeah. then do the Last of Us three at the end of a generation, yeah. so the end of PS five, do the new IP. And if someone says, "Well, what would you want Naughty Dog to make?" I'll be honest with you, I want them to make a space game. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, just in case you don't know, Sunsangera loves deep space. I do, I do indeed, I do indeed. But just the the idea that if you can imagine like a naughty dog making a game on a space colony and the narrative driven to that, it yeah. would be stunning. You know, it would be stunning. Yeah. And I think yeah. they want to be challenged themselves. There's great talent at Naughty Dog, and hopefully, we'll see. Obviously, I don't think in 2021 there'll be any announcement from Naughty Dog. I think right. this year belongs to Guerrilla Games, Insomniac, yeah. and uh, Santa Monica. Obviously, with God of War, I don't think yeah. we hear anything tangent about a new game or Last of Us Part Three from Naughty Dog until 2022, E3 maybe at yeah. the earliest. But so I think you're looking at over a year, almost two years, year and a half yeah. maybe before we hear anything. And it's true, and I think they've got time to. Yeah, like I said, like we don't really, we are, even though we want to see in the sequel, we don't really want to see the sequel. I guess we don't want. Um, and it, we don't want to spoil what they've actually, you know, the legacy that they've left. Yeah, so, yeah, so come up with a brand new IP, um, go crazy in terms of ideas and visuals, uh, work out all the kinks, get to know the system, and then take what you've developed from that and then put it into the next iteration of Last of Us 3. Uh, that's what my money's on. And I hope they do that because I think mm -hmm. that would just make Last of Us brilliant. You know what I mean? They can wrap it up in a nice trilogy and then that with it. They can just move on to something completely different. Maybe this new IP will launch up into numerous sequels after that. So uh, mm. only time would tell. Also, just to shout out, they did do. They said they wouldn't, but they did do story DLC for the Last of Us, which was, which was the Last of Us Left Behind. They could do that for the Last of Us Part Two. We don't know. There's so much <laughs> going around. We just have to wait and see. Uh, but we'll move on out. And this one, I'm so excited for. It came completely out of the blue, and mm -hmm. everybody's hyped about it. Number three. Yeah. Japanese developer Capcom has announced a Resident Evil showcase for January 21st at 10 p.m. GMT, 11 p.m. CAT, more importantly, 10 p.m. UK time. Yeah. Capcom detailed the show will be around 20 minutes. 
and it will be a guided tour of Resident Evil Village, including a new trailer, first ever gameplay, and lots yeah. more Resident Evil news. Resident Evil Village debuted via a trailer at the Sony PS5 reveal event back in June 2020 and is a direct follow-up to the amazing Resident Evil 7. So, obviously, in between 7, there has been the Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake. This has nothing to do with it. Resident Evil Village is a direct follow-up to Resident Evil 7, which um, is amazing. But, Alex, finally, next week, gameplay for Resident Evil. How do you feel? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. You know what I mean? I really can't wait. I mean, and when we saw the, you know, the, the reveal back all those months ago now, it looks like I didn't even realize it was going to be Resident Evil. You know, they're, they're, they've obviously taken another left again, uh, and they're throwing us in the middle of some random field. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some random village in the middle of nowhere, where obviously we know that something's going to go down. The Umbrella Corp is involved with it somehow. Mm. Uh, but find out exactly what they're going to unleash onto uh, the gamers, you know what I mean? Because they've now got this you know, this untethered system, you know what I mean, for them to just create the, the perfect Resident Evil experience that they wanted to, you know. So I'm excited to see what the, uh, the genius minds, the brilliant programmers and developers at Capcom uh, can manage to fester. Mm. So, um, yeah, man, I can't wait. I really can't wait. And it's like the first big game, isn't it, um, of the year, really, that we're going to be seeing a, uh, any information for, any official information for, anyway. Mm, I think, yeah, I think in terms of, like, it's the big AAA game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Like, the, the big... Yeah tentpole of video game lore yeah. horror is resident evil right you know so yeah i'm excited just for the graphics you know because this game looked amazing in that reveal trailer yeah. so yeah and the audio oh my gosh mm. uh, you know they're going to be taking this is going to be the game to define tempest audio i mean pretty the, the, the resident evil 7 <laughs> vr pretty much shit me up <laughs> you know what I mean? so my question uh, my question for you then yeah do you think we'll get a release date Oh, it's got to be if it's got it in someone's show, right? It could, be, it could be. I think. I think what they will probably aim for is towards the end of the year, right? They go for the Halloween slot, you know. So I think we will get a release date for around then. Uh, that we remember. I don't know. If, uh, uh, what's good fans remember that we talked about the Capcom leak a few weeks back, uh, and pretty much a trickles of information has just been leaking out into the internet regards to uh, which games, uh, brand new games, and IPs that they're going to be working on. So I think that. Um, Capcom is going to want to kind of put a lid on that as best as they can and then just come to the table with the best version of the game and you know that they can uh, and just trying to get it out there before any more information is leaked uh, mm. which could actually affect share prices <laughs> and values mm. you know so um, but yeah I think they're definitely going to get it out as uh, quick as they can I think they'll go for uh, the October uh, Halloween uh, season uh, and by that time there should be enough PlayStation 5s in people's hands uh, and it's, they should be have a good you know have some good sales from that Mm, it'll be interesting. Um, you say October. I'm gonna say April. April. Gonna, I think it's gonna be faster than that. You know, I think it'll be faster. So I'm, I'll, why not? Right? I'm just gonna go full on April. <laughs> why not? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, could do. Could do. Could become smack bang in the middle. I mean, what? What's actually uh, scheduled for like summertime? You know what I mean? Like spring, summer. Well, I mean, we'll get into that in the next story. Okay. But um, just okay. on a scale yeah. of uh, one to ten. Yeah. What, okay. What's your hype level for Resident Evil? Hype level is on eight. Eight. Oh, Resident oh, Evil eight. Resident Evil eight. Bring it. It's the eighth installment in the franchise. You know what I mean? And like the, the phenomenal success, the success that they had with the remake of uh, Resident Evil two and then three. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they've got good momentum right now. For them to actually come out with a brand new edition as well, it's it's only going to be good things. Only going to be good things. And now they've got raw power behind them. Whew. Come on, Capcom, nice. don't let down. Mm. Well, uh, you mentioned release dates. So, number four in the news oh. report. Uh, at the 2021 Consumer Electronics Show, a.k.a. CES, during their digital press event, Sony quietly announced some updated release windows for already announced PS5 titles. Hitman oh. 3, which we knew, um, which is this month in January. Returnal, which we also knew, which was March. Kenna, oh. Brid- Bridge of Spirits, March. Solar oh. Ash, June. Little Devil Inside, July 2021, oh. obviously these are. Ghostwire oh. Tokyo, October. Ooh. Stray, October. And then other titles which don't have a specific month but have a year to it. Ratchet & Clank 2021, Horizon 2021, Project Athia, which was from Square, January 2022, so one year. Pragmata, uh, which was 2022, is now 2023. All of the mentioned titles were shown at the PS5 reveal event back in June 2020. You know, So, I mean, of all that on the list, um, Kenner Bridge of Spirits has me most intrigued because it just looks yeah. stunning but i'm actually surprised ghostwire tokyo is 2021 i thought that would be further out because obviously we're getting um death loop from bethesda in yeah. may and then we're bang we're getting ghostwire in the same year from bethesda yeah this is crazy i mean that's the, i guess that throws the question really i guess bethesda are still even though they are now owned by microsoft and they're going to be one of their first party studios i guess they're still going to be upholding their contracts that they currently have with um, competitors. They are indeed, and uh, technically, yeah. technically, technically, if I if I can yeah. check a technical technicality in there, they don't own them yet. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm just waiting to get all this contract done so they don't get sued. Uh, that that makes sense. But uh, but yeah, this this looks like it's going to be really interesting, man. I mean, uh, Death Loop is definitely a game which I'm I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, next to Kenner. Um, but yeah, Death Loop is up there. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. I mean, Ratchet and Clank and Horizon are going to be like the biggest games of the year, right? Uh, I guess the question is when in 2021 they're going to be releasing mm. um, these games, you know? So my money is that they're going to release Horizon uh, later on in the year. That'll be the Christmas special. Um, and then Ratchet and Clank maybe for summer. You know? you know, what I really like about what Sony's done here is they, they've released a console. They can focus on big AAA games. They can show... Footage of FIFA 21, they can show Gran Turismo, they can show that, but they haven't forgotten about the games that got the PS5 ball rolling in terms of hype. Yeah. You know, these small independent games or these indie level games or these smaller games that were announced at that launch reveal show right. back in June, they haven't forgot about them and they focused on yeah. them at CES and gave them updates. So it's nice to see, you know, yeah. because obviously. Games like Kenner, Little Devil Inside, you know, these sort yeah. of games, um, Solar Ash, they, they went quiet after the reveals because obviously they're in development. But it's nice to see that Sony are still reminding people of these games. And it's great because we always want that diversity on the console. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they've realized that it's a moneymaker. I mean, the tech is there now to give a lot of studios, independent studios, the ability to create, you know, real, um, you know, uh, filled out games. So, yeah, it makes sense for them to, you know, try and encourage the grassroots, as it were, or digital grassroots, you know, in terms of the indie developers. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it, man. They've, they've got a really good year ahead of them. And it's their first year as well, and it? so they've got to shine. They've got to make sure that they show why they are the king of home consoles, mm. you know, so, once only. Well, speaking of uh, release dates, number five on the list, and this isn't good news, Alex. 
One of the biggest announced games of the year, Hogwarts Legacy, has been delayed from 2021 to 2022. Developers of the game, Avalanche Software and Port Key Games, took to social media channels and released the following statement. We would like to thank fans from around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy from our Port Key Games label, the game's creators said in a prepared statement on Twitter. They also said, creating the best possible experience for all of the Wizarding World and gaming fans is paramount to us, so we are giving the game the time it needs. Hogwarts Legacy will be released in 2022. I don't think it was going to hit 2021 either. Obviously, (laughs) you know, lockdowns and things like that, they slow your development down by over half. And yeah. this is a game that, you know, it's a full-blown Hogwarts RPG. It's set way before Harry Potter was even born. So it's a unique oh, story. Uh, it's the whole world of Hogwarts, not just the school. So I think they want to make yeah. sure they get it right. Because if you, if you release a quality game, you're going to hit nostalgia with critics and everything. And you yeah, could potentially definitely. release something special. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been other uh, Harry Potter iterations previously, uh, mm. which just kind of felt like, you know, like just movie game tie-ins. We don't really put too much into the development of it, but obviously it sold what it sold. Mm. But come on, this is going to be the first outing into the next generation. So they need to make sure that this hits hard. And obviously the uh, Harry Potter community aren't really uh, forgiving, are they? So it needs to make sure that it satisfied them. And if it does you've got another game franchise that you can just milk. You know what I mean? You can just get that. You can roll sequels out upon sequels. Mm. Um, but like you said, yeah, the pandemic is slowing things uh, really, um, you know, to a halt, really, um, or a dredging start. But um, at least at least they've given us roughly a date now, you know what I mean, for 2022. I'm guessing towards the end of 2022. And hopefully they'll probably tie it in with the next uh, Harry Potter film, which is, uh, what is it now? There's the... Fantastic Beasts. Uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how great that film is, isn't it? that you forget the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so I'm guessing they're going to release it around that time. That would definitely amp up the hype of both the film and the game. So, yeah, you know, mm. that would be good. Interesting. So, yeah, we'll keep yeah, an eye on that, obviously, when they show more to do with it. Number six, we're almost there, Alex. We're almost there. Um, this is big just for one reason. I'll tell you why in a minute. So MPD, which is obviously the American tracking company for video game sales, has released the best-selling video games for 2020, covering yep. just the U.S. territory. No GTA V for the first time since launch. What? Just as America. Well, in a, in the UK, GTA is still in the you know, <laughs> but in the yeah. in America it hasn't. And it was if there was every year that it was going to fall out, it was when the new machine came out, right? Yeah. Um, so number twenty. So these are the twenty best selling games in the US for the year of twenty twenty. Excuse the burp. I'm drinking Pepsi at the same time. Uh, number twenty. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, which was from Activision. Nineteen. Yeah. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. 18, MLB The Show, 17, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, 16, Mortal Kombat 11, 15, FIFA 21, 14, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 13, NBA 2K21, 12, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, 11, Marvel's Avengers, 10, Final Fantasy VII Remake, 9, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, 8, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 7, Ghost of Tsushima, Six, The Last of Us Part Two. Five, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Four, Madden NFL Twenty One. Three, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Two, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, which was the 2019 game, and the number one was Call of Duty: Black Ops Cold War, which was the 2020 wow. game. <laughs> wow. Call of That's Duty: crazy. Top Balls. Uh, just to give you an idea, um, in terms of ex- of that twenty nine. Yeah. 
are console exclusive. Four of them are on Nintendo's, five of them are on PlayStation's. Just shows the strength of both brands, right? Yeah. To have yeah. that quality, to have nine of the top 20 selling games in the US are single platform sellers yeah, yeah, yeah. is massive. Yeah. But um, right. Call of Duty, dude. Call of Duty. Well, Call of Duty just, you know, you just say the word that it just brings money. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And the fact that Modern Warfare was thrown in there as well. I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, how, how did that make it to the top two? I know. That's I honestly cool. thought, if you said to me, if someone said to me, put money on it, I would have turned yeah. and said Animal Crossing. I thought Animal Crossing. Exactly. Like, the yeah, fact that... Model, oh, but you know what it is? It's, it's Warzone, which is obviously the, yeah. the big, like, um, you know, the open world... Open yeah, world, open yeah. online, obviously multiplayer mode for them. Um, yeah. Massive, absolutely massive. Yeah, hats off to them, man. I mean, that, at least they know they can they can just cream the top top every time they want. But remember, these are physical sales, right? Uh, physical and digital, but uh, obviously Nintendo don't release digital data. Oh, yeah. So realistically, ladies and gentlemen, the, the number one selling game, including digital, would be a Nintendo Listen, player. They, in, the, in the business world, if you do not release your numbers, they didn't sell. <laughs> Simple as. But obviously, the thing about Nintendo is we'll get a better idea when, when they do their earnings and release their financials. So that will be April time is yeah. when we'll see what Nintendo's 2020 sales were. But to get, obviously, eagle listeners who obviously want to know what those platformers... So Nintendo's four were Animal Crossing, uh, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and Super Smash Brothers. And for the PlayStation 4 exclusives, or 5, Miles Morales, uh, MLB The Show, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console for the year, followed by the PS5 from a dollar sales perspective. From a yeah. unit sales perspective, it's Switch number one, PS4 two. Um, a total of fifty-six point nine one billion dollars was spent on video games wow. in the US in twenty twenty. Wow. Who said video games was a dying breed? <laughs> wow, and the US alone. Yeah, dude. Yeah, well, um, so in the UK in twenty twenty. The yeah. video game industry was more than the movie and music industry combined. Really? Yeah, it's massive. It's like, yeah, and I guess it's all it's all um, Corona proof as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it is. You know, that's what, that's what people yeah. turn to. You never see in a territory uh, hardware go up in a final year. Yeah. You know, but Xbox One was up, PS4 was up, Switch was going to be up anyway. Um, yeah. So it's massive, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah. Good. It's, it's it's a great time to be a gamer because th- there's so much diversity in that list, um, yeah. and then there's one really shit game of FIFA. But you know <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> Always in there. But, uh, I, to say, I didn't realize that Cyberpunk made a top twenty. You know, I'm that's impressive. That negative press. That's impressive. You know, so Cyberpunk. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Definitely, really impressive. I think the, the the biggest shock for me out of GTA was that NBA 2K21 charted so low. I thought yeah. that, you know, usually that's quite up there, but this is counting for the whole of 2020. So wow. I think as you get to 2021, you'll see uh, NBA 2K21 constantly yeah. be up there. So yeah, definitely, definitely. we'll see how it goes. But uh, final bit of news for you today, number seven, we spoke about it, but it's finally there. The PS5 pre-orders were finally made available in India before the official launch on February 2nd. As expected, the pre-orders were all gone within minutes, with many sites, including Amazon India, crashing under traffic within seconds. 
Only 5,000 machines were made available to pre-order with Sony stating that no other consoles will be made available pre-launch. Stock issues worldwide are playing a major part in shortages. Alex, maybe they should contact that dodgy company with the black consoles. We'll get into that in a second, uh, yeah. but I mean, it's, it was expected. You know, I mean, India finally got the release date, which is the 2nd of Feb, which is great. My cousin in India, he, he managed to pre-order one, so right. he's happy, but he had about eight different people trying to get it, and between eight of them, they got one machine. Oh, so he's happy he got his one. You know. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, yeah, this 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 news it's not it's not going to be new really for all the uh, countries or territories that they release uh, the PlayStation Five in this year. But as Sony stated, they're working their best just to make sure that they can get all these consoles into all the eager fans for 2021. So, mm. uh, come on, Sony, just just keep that momentum up, and I hope this pandemic doesn't uh, further de- cause any further delays. Um, in terms of uh, you know getting consoles out into the various territories um, for this final year, so, hmm. so yeah, man, it's it's good to see. It's good to see. It's nice to see that they've got another sold out territory as well. Technically, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's going on the books. Yeah, we've sold out here. We've sold out there. We've sold out everywhere. So, well, I mean, yeah. it's weird though when you look at the two biggest populations in the world, which is China and India, but console sales aren't great there um, because yeah, they have the biggest populations in the world, but poverty levels are some of the highest in the world in both countries, you know, oh, and the, the the economics just don't mean it does well. PC is dominant in both countries, you know, mm-hmm. online yeah. multiplayer gaming in India is huge as it is right. in uh, China. To give you an example, with a pop- both countries have a population of over a billion. Yeah. Um, Switch is the biggest seller in China at 1 million units. And out of a billion people, one million people have a Switch. You know, about nine hundred and eighty-nine thousand or something have a PS4. Uh, and in India, population over a billion, number one selling console there is PS4 at five hundred thousand. Xbox One forty-three thousand. So the markets aren't big for gaming, but still, like when you got half a million PS4 players trying to pre-order a PS5. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be just just gonna be a nightmare. Mm. And that's, I guess that's still the official figures. Obviously, people would have been importing it. Oh yeah, uh, without a doubt. Later. You know, I spoke to my cousin, and he was like, "They're like a grand," but people were doing it. They just couldn't wait. Um, wow. And I, I asked him why, and he goes, "Weirdly, from software is massive yeah. in, in their their games are massive in India." Um, you know, games like Dungeons and Dragons back in the day yeah, okay. did really, really well there. Uh, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, yeah. those games, Sekiro, the games have been huge in India. So obviously, launching with Demon Souls is a big thing over there. Wow. But yeah. Well, that's all the news, Alex. We got through seven items. There was a lot more news. We just didn't want to add it, obviously. But, um, you know, as I mentioned at the end of there, we spoke about it a few weeks ago that a second-party company was going to sell their own uh, PS2-themed PlayStation 5 consoles. They were all black. You know, we did say... I said the pad looked cool. I'd love to buy it, but they're going to get shut down. Lo and behold, they shut down after people paid the money. Yeah, yeah, God, the cowboys, isn't it? There's just so many cowboys right now. I mean, have you heard about the? Uh, well, if you don't, if you don't get your hands on one of those, obviously that's impossible now. You could actually shell out um, some money for a caviar 18k gold um, PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. uh, which has a nice rock face finish. So it's like a nice, you know, where where it's white on the panels. It's got like a nice, uh, I guess, Tron pattern esque. Uh, 18 karat gold pattern on the uh, the uh, the actual pad itself has got like some uh, crocodile leather, you know, like full leather, uh, wow. and that alone for the gold alone would cost set you back about 900 grand. 
Yeah, wow. so and then couple that with a PlayStation 5 on top. You know, you're looking at at least you'll have a million dollar console. Nine, you know, nine, nine hundred and four, nine hundred thousand and four hundred and fifty pounds. So <laughs> the four fifty being the actual PS5 unit itself, <laughs> you including, know. Shipping. Yeah, including shipping. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. see a lot of these people will release all these crazy design ones. You know, there's a company that's already selling the clips for the controllers for ten dollars at different colors, yeah. things like yeah. that. My advice to you guys is. Uh, wait for the official or if you when we are eventually allowed to get back to conferences and expos buy them there where you know they actually fit and work and you physically have the item in your hand just to be on the safe side side, okay alex well we'll move on from the news to letters we've got two letters this week um you know obviously if you want to write in and ask a question to me and Alex, you can via Twitter. You just got to tweet at latest PS5. You can either um, tweet them or send them a direct message on there. That's at latest PS5. Or you can email um, the latest PS5 at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. So Ryan from the UK asks uh, Good afternoon, boys. Thanks for the show. Much support from me to you. Recently, you stated your opinions on PS5 launch lineup compared to all the other launches. My question is this. How do you rate the PlayStation Generations as a whole? Thanks for the show and keep the bants. We will, Ryan. Thank you very much for your questions. But Alex, not a launch. The entire generation. So PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. Wow. Wow. It's basically been that... Um, you know, that student, yeah, that student who was told that they weren't going to succeed um, in life or in a particular industry, and they took that determination and that knockdown, and they just came out and knocked it out of the park with every single step they took into mm. the industry or into life. And that, obviously, from the early days, Nintendo had a, uh, well, they were going to be releasing the console together, and when that kind of faltered, uh, Sony just carried on and went their own way and they released the PlayStation 1 and they've never looked back and look, we're looking at the PlayStation 5 now, you know, and it is now pushing the boundaries in terms of uh, what anybody could expect from a home console, you know so it's it's the entire generation, launch after launch has just been them proving that yeah, we're going we're gonna to tell you exactly what the pinnacle of home console gaming should be and where the future will be, you know, and it's going to be Sony, or definitely they're going to have a hand in it, whether mm. it's on the console side, uh, the hardware, the innovations, um, obviously, uh, and with the uh, score the games as well. You know, they've 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 been consistent. I mean, they've got a great solid base in terms of how they produce the high quality consoles. They're making sure that it's got the best visuals, or it's running the best. That the games always look good on their consoles. Um, and then the actual quality of the games as well. I mean, they're second to none. I mean, we're looking at triple A games, maybe even quadruple A games, uh, you know, as a thrown as a term which has been thrown around now for games. But Sony's been throwing them out from day one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they don't do anything half-assed, especially when it comes to their first-party t- titles. Mm. So uh, yeah, man, um, I I think they've just gone from strength to strength. So which one do you think as a whole then? So like uh, Ryan says, um, two ways, which one do you think technically was the best generation that you saw, not just from Sony, but from everybody? 
or developers. Yeah. So which which generation gave you the best games, do you think, from a technical standpoint and then well, your personal well, favourite? So PlayStation yeah. 1, you had yeah. obviously Sony, Konami, Codemasters, EA, everybody like that. And then you had PlayStation 2, which was DVD. Well, PS1 was the move into 3D. PlayStation yeah. 2, you had DVD. PlayStation 3, yeah. you had um, the move into online, you know, yeah. uh, and then obviously PlayStation 4. Which was a generation we just came out. So I mean, yeah, the industry I as think, a whole, yeah, the industry from- as a whole has been um, phenomenal. I think uh, the way I'd rate it, I think my uh, what would I say? Um, well, starting from the least, the least popular one <laughs> would probably be for me. Um, maybe the PlayStation Three. It kind of had a dodgy Same. start. Yeah, yeah. So they could have done that a lot better. Um, what did they have? Like not the best launch lineup either but even though the console itself was you know it was a a beast but the only thing is it was very difficult for any developers to really grasp it and it's a shame that by the end of the generation that they finally managed to you know get their hands onto it um, but then obviously it was time to move on um so yeah i put number uh, placing three at number five uh for number four uh i'll probably say the playstation hmm, playstation hmm. no no it'd be play, actually no i think it probably playstation 2 um, actually, no, I can't put PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2 gets very well. I'd actually say the PlayStation 4 for number four. Uh, I think it was a great console. You know, obviously, they've, they've smashed it out of the park in terms of visuals, in terms of um, in terms of um, raising, you know, raising the industry out of the ashes. Um, but it was it was just, it was, what am I trying to say? It was basically just laying them up for this generation here. You know I mean? They had some phenomenal games, obviously, you know I mean? Some groundbreaking visuals, groundbreaking stories, um, and a groundbreaking console. Um, <clears throat> but that would be my, that would be my fourth. What about you? Uh, I think from a technical standpoint, I'm going to give it yeah. to PlayStation 4 generation as just the absolute best generation. I think what you yeah. saw was, Certain studios, like Sony, for example, um, master that bridge that we always said, imagine if it looked like this. Imagine if it looked like a cutscene. Imagine if it looked like a a movie. Um, I think you got that with the PlayStation 4. Games like Horizon, God of War, Uncharted, The Last of Us, The Ghost of Tsushima, the storytelling in these PS4 games. And not just Sony, Nintendo, they they peaked. They finally hit the, the almighty dream vision we all wanted with the Switch. You know, yeah. and having Nintendo games portable, I think Microsoft they they it's more going to be for this generation. But they finally found um, an identity on the second half of the generation with Game Pass and with um, uh, I can't remember what they call their online service now. Um, Project X Cloud, X Cloud. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I think they found their identity finally. But I think just from a technical standpoint. From a brute power to power game to game process, it's I think the PS4 was the best generation. But my favorite, my yeah. personal favorite that I remember is PS2. Now, PS1 has two things going for it, three things going for it Tekken 3, Metal Gear Solid, and ISS Pro Evolution Soccer 2. But they they don't age well, man. They're shit. They're really <laughs> shit. They do not. PS One games do not age at all. You know. But when I look back to PS Two and I just think about the games I got to play, you know, we we, we got introduced to console open worlds like GTA Three, GTA Vice City, GTA San Andreas. We had Metal Gear. We had the cinematic Hollywood game in Metal Gear Solid Two. 
Dude, that moment he in E3 when he ran and jumped off that bridge, that was it. We grew up in video games. We went from 32-bit Metal Gear Solid to Hollywood. You know, we went literally from SD television to 8K in that one jump. You know, it was unbelievable seeing Metal Gear Solid 2. And then, obviously, Shadow of the Colossus, Eco, the Pro Evolution soccer range. Tekken went from strength to strength. Everything just grew in that PS2 area. So, I think from just a, a professional, I think, PS4 this this past generation was probably the greatest, but my personal favorite, um, obviously, was was the PS2 generation because you got to remember during that time as well we had GameCube, we had the launch of Xbox as well, and everybody was kind of getting used to D- DVD. People don't realize DVD was the big leap because it's all about data and what can you fit on a disc, and to go from a CD audio disc to a DVD disc is flipping huge. Um, and the games just jumped exponentially. Um, so yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, um, PlayStation Two would probably be up there for me in terms of what they were able to achieve in terms of sales. So obviously they they smashed it in, and it wasn't it like the highest selling console right now. And they brought that out in a time where uh, they were able to create the quality. Um, as brothers bring in bridging the gap between entertainment as well. You know, that would, like you say with a DVD. Uh, and giving that uh, perfect entertainment system experience for uh, for punters, mm. uh, and they did well. Uh, but I've got to throw up there the, the original PlayStation. I oh, mean, yeah, the original PlayStation it. is to me was um, the breakthrough. You know, I mean, the first time I actually saw that was on I think it was like Bad Influence, one of these old school Channel Three shows back in the UK, ladies and gentlemen, showing age. But anyway, um, and they basically showed this console which was playing CDs, which was like, okay, well, you know, other consoles have done that before, but there's something different about it. This is from a company like uh, Sony, which is known for making normal household appliances, you know, from TVs and the like. Uh, and when that, when they first turned that on, I mean, the first game that I managed to play on there was like, I think it was NBA 19 something, whatever. Um, but just seeing the FMVs and how fluid they were, you know, for that time was just groundbreaking. It was just like, geez, look what they're able to do with this brand new medium that most people would have said wouldn't have worked on a home console. I mean, CDs are normally reserved for what? For PC games? Mm. But they were able to bring that to the home market. You know, and yeah, you did have Sega as well who were trying to do their thing with the you know, Sega Saturn. Uh, but Sony just happened to have like, um, you know, it's, it's almost like they gave their developers just free reign just to go out there and create something amazing. And we got games like Mercury Solid from it, you know, which obviously is still a staple today. So, um, for me, that would definitely be the number two, but for number one, would have to be the PlayStation Five. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're, 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 we're just months yeah, months yeah, into the generation, and Alex is in awe. <laughs> Absolutely smashed it, man. Especially just from from the launch, from obviously from when we heard it for the first time to to now, everything just seems to be polished. They've learned from every single other generation uh, beforehand. You know the highs and the lows, and they've made a console which, to me. I don't know, I've probably said this before, but it's it's almost as if, you know, going back to how Nintendo and uh, PlayStation first, you know, they, they were supposed to be going into this um, industry, you know, together. together. Uh, it seems like they've created a console. Sony has now created a console that I would have imagined that Nintendo and uh, Sony would have created. You know, you've got the, um, the high-quality games, you've got the high-quality visuals, but you've also got the innovation, which is normally what Nintendo is known for. You know, in terms of the 3D joystick, the rumble, uh, this, these are things which Nintendo brought to the market, you know, you know, before. But now Sony's actually taking a leap with that and taking 
all that technology and just bringing it into a brand new generation and they've updated it to a point where they're able to integrate it into the game to create a brand new experience which is unrivaled you know it's unrivaled right now this is coming from a you know a long-standing nintendo fan as well you know what i mean but i've got to give it to them mm. sony has definitely smashed out the park with playstation 5 so that's how i've rated speaking of smashing out the park can you just tell the listeners how fast i finished demon souls <laughs> well yeah yeah i mean that game i'm surprised that you managed to complete it man because that would do my nothing in my time that you die however <laughs> i'm sure i saw 40 hours, it 40 is indeed. hours think about how many times i died listeners i died many times specifically on the flame lurker and the man eater bosses i didn't use any guides i just played my way played my style but that metal gear skills which have no context to demon souls whatsoever but you know what the saying is the saying is if you're good at pez you're great at fifa but what it is is if you're good at pez you're good at any game okay that's that's just the way it is if you're good at pro evolution soccer you're good at any game that's it okay so the challenge is out and alex will not be able to hide it because we can see it on the profile when he gets his ps5 let's see how fast he clocks demon souls yeah yeah of course of course i mean this is coming from uh, a man who knows how who knows platform games inside and out yeah whether it's going to be demon souls or the legend of zelda or anything else out there if it's uncharted or whatever i'll be able to listen i rate your skills because you did metal gear solid 3 extreme You did it in on extreme mode on a flipping DS, so I rate your skills. So we'll see how we do. We'll see how we do. Yeah, I really can't wait to get my hands on Demon Souls. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, on a free DS, Metal Gear Solid Three on the hardest setting that you could do it. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. So I'm looking forward to Demon Souls definitely. Okay, uh, so we'll move on to the next letter. It'll be the final letter of the week. Raquel from Ireland. Hey, 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 good sirs. Hope you had a good Christmas <laughs> and New Year during this lockdown. I spent yeah. my time playing my favourite genre, open-world RPGs. Last episode, you spoke about Ghost of Tsushima and how its open-world really spoke to you. What do you think developers will bring to open-worlds on PS5? Ooh. I'll, I, obviously, you're the technical side of it, but I just think from a, from, a, from what I see as a gamer, so yeah. it, I, I want to answer this. You can answer it as a tech, because you know your tech, but from as a gamer sitting on the chair, I want density i want dense worlds i don't want open worlds that are there specifically designed to load up everything else that's coming yeah i want you know cyberpunk 2077 night city is vision and a vision that only the ps5 and this generation of consoles and pc and that can really really do the last generation couldn't do it you know i want when i play an open world game like ghost of tsushima i don't want any loading I want yeah. more NPCs. I want more varied landscape. Um, you know, you just shouldn't see anything. I don't want to see any pop up, anything like that. You know, and I want it to be stunning. Like Demon Souls, it's a very, um, you know, narrow game, right? It's very linear. When I say very linear, it's not. It's open linear, if that makes sense, because you can find yeah. so many different ways to go. But everything you see, you go to. You look at the buildings, and you were like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Bro, you're gonna end up there at some point." You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just nothing, That's... nothing. What I like about it is nothing loads. Everything is there. Like even when you got to the top of the castle at that one point, you look down, you can see the beginning of the game where you started. It doesn't disappear. <laughs> it's not that, you know, that's what you should see with open world. So I think about GTA 6 as the perfect example for this. GTA 5 is huge. The map is big. And the reason it's that big, it's got to load everything. And there's a lot of dead space there. 
and you're yeah. driving in that dead space because it's very easy to load and the hard work is being done in the city in the background, you know, which is loading ever so slowly. And even when you get there, you hit the pop-up. I don't want to see that on PS5. I want to see a smaller GTA 6, a lot more people. Lot, Miles Morales is a perfect example. You just look at that New York. That's what every open world game should be like. Zero loading, just get there. As soon as I press fast travel, I'm already running up the subway. And reflections, people, I want to see it all. You know, that's that's it. That's what I want. Wow. Yeah, I think that is the... I think that will be define this generation, really. I think we've, we've seen games like um, yeah, games like Cyberpunk, games like uh, The Legend of Zelda on the Switch. Uh, we've, we've seen games um, like these, which are not bound by... Um, you know, like um, like a certain level. You know, you can, mm. uh, you can pretty much access pretty much all areas if you want. You know, the game is completely open. You know, you could go to the final boss if you want. As soon as you've got your stick or whatever in Zelda, for example, you can go to it. It's the same thing with Cyberpunk. You know, you can just go out there and do whatever you want. However, um, it's you know, it's all limited by your ability in the game. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing more of. You know, all these. Uh, famous franchises and um, IPs that we've come to know and love, including the likes of Metal Gear Solid, God of War, uh, Last of Us. You know, I think we're going to start to see a lot more open worlds. I mean, they might not be fully open, but they'll definitely give you a lot more breadth, you know, in terms of where you can go. Um, and that will just create this kind of immersion, you know, even like, even like the, the Witcher, you know what I mean? It's just create this immersion where you, you are now a member in this community you remember in this world <clears throat> and it's just going to just make storytelling in games just even more interesting you know what i mean it, from, from mm. the main mission to side missions we're just going to be seeing a lot more depth in terms of the games and the same thing with like cyberpunk you can go crazy on the actual main mission but there's so many random side missions that would actually make you feel like that's actually the game itself you know what i mean that's how uh, deep they are and they actually do connect back with the main mission so i think developers are going to be incorporating that uh, because I've got the raw power to do so, I mean, these systems, I mean, what we're looking at, 16 gigabytes of just the RAM alone, is just loading up pretty much everything that you need to do, especially with the custom chipsets that they have. Um, I mean, the PlayStation's rocking what their 3.2, 3.5 gigahertz mm. uh, custom AMD chip. So basically what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is just blazing speeds. It's like developers now can just throw anything they want out there and they know that the system can handle it. It can take any asset that it needs because they're a lot more efficient in terms of how to design games and not replicating certain things that um, which they had to do in the past. They can just have one asset and they can just have it react to the environment the way it needs to. And that basically means that they can have bigger games, bigger environments, uh, which run seamlessly where you won't really see a load screen, you know, and it that's just going to help with the immersion for gamers. You know, we won't have to be, you know, taken out of, you know, the, the, the heightened part of the game just because the loading screen's up there. You're not going to see the Spider-Man sitting on a bus anymore. You're just going to continue. You're going to continue that emotion. You're going to continue that, you know, that hype into the next, into the next chapter of the game or wherever you decide to take it. So, um, in a word, I think it's going to give us freedom. So this generation with tech is going to give us a lot more freedom in terms of um, gameplay. So that's what I see for the um, for the next generation. Nice, nice. Excellent. Raquel, great question. Thank you very much. And listeners, again, if you want to send a question into the latest PS5, 
you can do by tweeting at the latest PS5. That's at latest PS5 on Twitter. You can send a tweet or a DM or email the latest PS5 at gmail.com. That's the latest PS5 at gmail.com. It's it's weird. The email is the latest PS5. Twitter is just <laughs> latest PS5, but you get the gist, right? Uh, okay, final section of the show, which is our 10 second game, which is basically uh, you, the listeners, can send questions into me and Alex for us to answer. We only have 10 seconds to answer, so we don't have time to Google or search on the web for it. So um, if you want to ask me questions, you have to specifically email thelatestps5 at gmail.com because Alex has has access to that. And if you want to ask Alex questions, you have to tweet or Twitter DM latestps5 because he can't see that. That way we can't see what we're um, going up against. And again, we only have 10 seconds. The only thing we ask is don't ask for lists that contain 10 or 11 names because we only have 10 seconds to answer it it's impossible um and it becomes controversial uh because alex just likes to be uh really bad and take away my score <laughs> and my effort despite the fact that i named like 12 god of war games in 12 seconds and he just went at me saying no sorry 10 it's impossible but um yeah so this week uh i think alex has questions Yes, I do. Uh, today is going to be um, four questions uh, based on the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Uh, I'm going to ask you just some average questions which everybody should know, and everybody and their mom should know. So it shouldn't be too hard to uh, <laughs> to get these right. Mate. <laughs> so are you ready? Are you ready for the 10-second challenge? Uh, I don't think I am, mate. I don't think <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right, then, okay. We're going into the first questions. Uh, what is... The lead character's name, full name, from Maggie Solid <laughs> 1. Snake Pliskin. Snake Pliskin? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's not Snake Pliskin, wait. Well, you're talking about Solid Snake, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Solid Snake. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him, Solid Snake. Oh, no, straight up. Fair enough. All right, yeah, there you got it. There you go. We can't take Snake Plissken. Um, but anyway, okay. Um, now Solid Snake. All right, next question. Can you name the lead actor for the Metal Gear Solid series? Oh, I don't fucking know his name. The, the, you don't know his name. Wait, oh, wait. Are you talking about the actor for the film? No, the actor who plays. Oh, David uh, Hater. Ah, there we go. I thought you were talking about the... F- you got to be more specific when you say, can you name the actor? I'm thinking about Oscar, Oscar Geezer. I'm like, from the film. Okay, voice actor. Yeah, I should have thrown it out there as voice actor. That's great. All right, good. I still can't uh, believe I still can't believe they got rid of David Hayter for five. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So can you name the actor for... The voice actor for Metal Gear Solid 5? Oh, fucking hell. Keith Sunderland. Sunderland. Yes, you got it, man. It's all within the Keith 10 seconds. Sunderland. <laughs> Sunderland. Sunderland, isn't it? <laughs> all right, then. And final question. Um, when was the Metal Gear Solid... When was the first Metal Gear Solid game released? What year? All we need is the year. Uh, no. Metal Gear. This is a trick question. It's, uh, it's, either, right. it's either 87 oh. or 96. So 87. Very good, very good. It was 1987, mate. Yeah, well done. You're dodgy. See, you were sort of dodgy ass questions because I would have been right if I said 96 as well, but you're just like, nah, 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 nah. 
No, it wouldn't be right. No, no, the first Metal Gear Solid came out in 1987, and that was released on the MSX2. So, uh, I mean, that was a console which hardly anybody imagine, had. Can you imagine if, he, so, if if Konami turned around and says, yeah, we've remade those Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 oh in God, full blown. Imagine? Not Metal Gear Solid, but just Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 fully remade. I'd be like, oh, shit. But, hold on, hold on. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> People tell Konami probably every day. <laughs> Yeah, they probably still own the rights to it anyway, so they're just thinking, you know what, yeah, we haven't got Hideo on our team at the moment, but we can still reuse some of his stuff. So, um, but I am actually looking forward to a Metal Gear Solid, like, collection. You're not allowed to, to touch any Metal Gear, mate, until you play Death Stranding. Oh, Death Stranding, don't worry, that's on the list, mate, that's on the oh, list. On the list. <laughs> this guy's list, this guy's list. Okay, listeners, well, we hope you enjoyed the show this week. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with some big news as well. We keep teasing the big news. It's definitely coming next week in the next episode when Alex talks about a game he currently cannot talk about because he's under embargo. Alex, it's the new year. You have the final word of the first episode of... twenty. I think it's the first episode of 2021. Yeah, because obviously we did the, like, the game of the year one. I didn't really count. But yeah, it's the first full episode of 2021. So you have the final word. The final word is 2021. Big balls. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>